Do you, really, do you want to do surnames or just Chris? Uh, I have no problem with it at all. Chris Matthews, I've known you since 1985. <laughs> from debauched holidays in Greece. Yeah. Welcome. And, and uh, yes, very debauched holidays, but uh, great fun. And thank so you how, did, how did you two meet? In Lindos. Along, along a sandy beach. In Lindos? In Rhodes. Okay. He was walking one way, I was walking the other. Hey. And now you're an item. I saw him and play. It's beautiful. He was know? in. A, he was in. A, he was framed in a window, ah, with this Swedish with the, with the Swedish girl playing backgammon. Oh, oh. there you go. Were you? Jeez, those were the days. Does your wife know about this? Uh, it wasn't. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Reader, I married him. Her. Uh, yes. Simon Mattox. Yes. Thank you so much. You're an actor first and foremost. Would you say? No. Would you say that you were a voiceover artist of some esteem, um, first and foremost? Y- uh, yes. A I musician? Know, I about some, some esteem. Uh, no, not a musician, not really. I but mean, I, I kind of, yeah. But you've written songs. I know you've written songs. How do you know I've written songs? Chris told me. Did I? Oh, no, we, yes, that's right, we did, didn't we? We did. Well, we you did. wrote it, to be fair. Oh, but you put it together, which I was put, being I put, fair. I put it together. Um, we, we must revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> it made us both an awful lot of money. An actually. awful lot. It was fantastic. Was it a football number one? No, it was a football number one. And now we both live in uh, in the south of France. In, at weekends? At weekends, mm. yeah. Were you gunning for that kind of Christmas number one kind of vibe? Thinking that if we, if, if we strike gold with this particular football song, then we would never have to work again. Was that the idea? Well, I think that's partly the plan. I think probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we all sort of like shun the stardom and say, well, you know, it was just part of my creative vibe. I had to get rid of it. I had to get it out of myself. But yeah, if, if someone had paid me millions for it, we'd have grabbed it, wouldn't we? Mm. And, and, and they didn't, though, did they? Strange no, enough. No, they didn't. Even though I did a fantastic me. video for it as well. You did. You, know, you did. Cut from all sorts of Muppet movies and, mm. yeah. It was, and what was the tune? It wasn't. It wasn't a tune that I wrote, to be honest. It was a. It was uh, the band, the night they drove the night, Dixie down, and and the title of the song was the, the night the the World Cup high the night. Yeah, it was. All... <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, it was great. <laughs> and uh, I suppose, but Frank's... They, the night they held the night they held the World Cup high. That's it. That was it. That's why. You see, that's why he's Can you sing a bit? the main man. The night. Oh, is that too high? high? It's too high for all the people were singing, singing. Na 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 na. We didn't write the na 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 bit. That was already in the. That was already in there. But I think the way that we played it made it real. Oh, I think so. I think so. Anyway, you'll all be hearing it next year once we won the championship. Yeah. Obviously, then. But I suppose it's all about timing. The the alternate kind of. Reality or, or fate line for that is that you could have been now, you know, you'd be sitting down by the bridge having a coffee and people just wonder what, you know, why you never do anything, why you never work. And you could just say, oh, I wrote, um, I wrote that football I song. I wrote World Cup High. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, like, they all and they go, no, you didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah I did. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah, them. Yeah, I did. To be fair, they, people do look at me now when I'm in, you know, five the bridge or... The dish. Wondering, wondering why you're not working. Why is he not working? Yeah. Mostly members of my family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dear. So I mean, you've. I've got to touch on this. I've got to. I've got to get this out of the way. But you've done. 
your your voice has been around a bit, hasn't it? You've done some. I've, you've I've, done some pretty. I've done, I've done some stuff. You yes, have. Yes, sir. I have stuff. I'm not not proud of, but I've, I've done some stuff. Yes, I've done some. Yes, I've done. Yeah, yes, I've been doing voiceovers for way longer than I care to. Are there taglines that you could just you know kind of to do that where people go, oh yes, oh, yeah. Um, well, um, I did all of the Listerine voiceovers for a long time. Uh, the Exploding Cheeks was very much my my oeuvre. Um, Can you remember any of it? So, well, it, it, they always ended with um, "There's no deeper clean than Listerine." I'm there. You see, yeah, and oh, it was um, it was a marvelous, marvelous thing, and it, that went on for a while, and um, and in fact, then they they, they did a uh, they changed the adverts because they used to have these kind of weird figures sort of that, that came in and and um, went into your mouth and cleaned your teeth somehow. Anyway, um, and they changed the ads because they decided to do this thing of what what does your mouth go through in a day, which they struggled with. <laughs> In the, in the kind yeah. of focus groups, because a lot of people were like, well, I'll tell you what my mouth goes through in a day, love. Um, so anyways, they tried, obviously had to come up with this sort of clean version. And I did a lot of the storyboards for that and uh, finally went in and recorded the ad. They said, it's great. We've, we've got it. You know, it's going to be made. And, you know, fantastic. So, um, and it came on and I watched it. I was with my kids and I went, oh, look, there's my new ad. Oh, okay. That's not my voice. No. Oh. Yes. They, they voiceovered a voiceover. They, voice they double voice recorded. They, they double did. booked. They went. They went with a younger voice. What scum. Can you believe that? <sighs> they didn't use a woman, did they? No, no, no. They didn't, <laughs> that, they didn't go that far. I mean, obviously. Um, wow. No, oh, yes. Yeah, so when hit. was that? Um, I don't know. A few years ago now. Three, four, five years ago. When you were young. When I was, when I was relatively <laughs> young. Anyway. Uh, That's why it hurts so much. It does, but it happens a lot. That it does happen does a it? lot. Yeah. Yeah, I teach voiceovers now, and I would say to my students, just you know, make sure don't spend the uh, usage money, the repeat money, until you've heard it go out with your voice on it, because it does happen more often than you'd imagine. Wow! And they don't tell you, of course. They don't mean you go, go "Sorry, Simon, yeah. we went in another direction." They don't do that. Hmm. I guess it's just a matter when they play it to the client, isn't it? And the client suddenly goes, "It sounds like my mother. I don't, I don't like it." I sound like a lot of people's mother. It's weird. I don't know why. What was the sexiest one you ever did? When you have to deploy the, the you know, the full gravity of your um Sexier than uh, Listerine? Uh, sexier than Listerine in the mouth. Well surely not. Um you ever done any cars? No, I've never done a I've never done a car. No. Oh, no, I was I was big in oral health for a while. I did Listerine, I did Colgate. Colgate. Um oh, yeah, remember did, Colgate. Who who <laughs> who doesn't remember? Did, who you, do, did you do something recently? Vonage. I, well, I did do Vonage. That was a yeah. That was a few. Yeah, that was a little while ago. Sorry, excuse my ignorance. What's Vonage? I, I don't know. I think is it's it, a phone is system. It, isn't is it, it next to Swanage? It's the something. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it's a neighbouring town. Just past the uh, yeah. Just past the Swanage turnoff. Um, I don't know. It's a business phones. I don't even know what it is. Isn't that terrible? You, no, just, no, you not just read the words. You don't know what it is. What about airlines? Have you done airlines? Uh, like, yes, used to do Fly B a lot, very regular. That was a nice little, nice little gig, uh, and that was always yes, very, very up, very you know. Fly B by you know for only two ninety nine, you can fly to Australia. See, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> they never have got rid of that voice. That's lot, perfect. Fly lot B. Lots of that, lot of that for Fly B. The la- in fact, the last one I did. See, it's all, it's all kind of going off like that. It's all tailing off now. 
because of my age, because I'm. Oh, really? I'm, what does that I'm 93 now, so which is I know. Yeah, I know. you've got the I voice keep, of a 30 I, year old. I know. I keep fit though. Um, so yeah, the last one I did was Volterol, the joy of movement. So that's you know that's you know bad backs. Oh right, not bowel movement. No, that's another thing. It isn't is. It? That's the joy. of My it. dad so, has yeah, found the joy of Senecott. I think that's Senecott, isn't it? Have you ever done Tenor Man? <laughs> For those moments when you just want to be sure that you're safe from leakage, tenor man. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't done that. But I'm looking forward to it. I think that's about all that's left. Sounds like a sign. Yes, yeah, tenor man, colostomy bags, yeah. and then old people's homes. I think I'm, I'm hoping to corner the market in that. Really. Well, my dad uses Voltarol now. Does he? So you've got because his of me. and he's 90, and that's just because of your voice. Oh, I think. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I should put that in. Do you reckon you could do a voiceover if you tried? Yeah, but uh, I could always do a voiceover. Whether anyone would ever want to use it is another thing. Oh, you've got a good voice. There you go. He's got a good voice. See, oh, it, it loves... Oh, yeah, he's got It's yeah. very, very... Could you, do ru- could you do commentating on rugby? I could, but I'd, the eyesight's not as good, so I'd really have to crib, get a proper crib sheet, and then I'd have to really see the numbers on the backs of them oh. shirt jerseys. Because, you know, it'd be terribly embarrassing if you got that wrong. The eyesight thing's terrible, and I mean, I'm I'm with you. I do a lot of audiobooks now, and it's just it's a real struggle sometimes because you know you're having to read for and hours at a time, see, darling. You out do, loud, you, it's very tiring. You do the the voices for the uh, audiobooks. Uh, I do. Oh, fantastic! I must listen to you all the time. Well, on Audible. So that must that must be quite a demand actually if you're if you're acting your way through characters it's absolutely exhausting do you ever kind of drop the wrong voice in for the yes. wrong character yes and they go oh, oh yes and also what you're supposed to do of course is read the book in advance um and on the odd occasion i've not done that and there was one uh, a couple of years ago where i was uh, it was set in i don't know the 15th century or something it was a dreadful book um and there was a french king uh, so of course I, you know, I give him a small French accent, you know, because uh, and then and then about three quarters of the way through the book, two courtiers said it is amazing that the king has no trace of a French accent, <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. Oh. So I then had to go back How through many the chapters book. in. Way? I know, so I was a long way in. I had to go back and redo all his bits. So that'll teach me. So I always read the book now. Do you often get the Pakistani Welsh character? In the that's not that's not so much of a problem because of course you can't really do, you can't really do the kind of Pakistani voice. That's not very cool as a well, probably not PC actor. at the moment. No, no. it's not. It's yeah. not very good to do that. But that is my Welsh accent. So I, if I'm trying to go there, it's it's always the okay. Indian. Okay. Know. Okay. Yeah. Well, accents are great, aren't they? Accents are great. They are really the, the they make the world go round. They do. They, they do absolutely do. I love accents, but but he's of course, good at them. I, no, I, I mean yes, I could. I mean I'm you know I, I can do accents, but but some people who listen to audiobooks really hate it. I mean really hate you doing them. Mm. They, they just want you to be much more neutral, you know. So I'm you know when I, if I see an Irish accent or something, I'm like oh that's you know great. So I'm, I'm giving it all that you know, and and they kind of don't like it always. You know? No, because it's not. It may be not there image of who the yeah, character is exactly and so if you give it the blank sort of like also i suppose the voice in your head when you're reading yes doesn't is, do that no doesn't do that no that's true it, just, right, it doesn't come in and go hey, diddly, diddly, diddly. <laughs> hello there yes uh, yeah you don't you don't do that so 
it's it's a bonus. I suppose that's the medium, isn't it? You get a, you get a bit of extra. It's Sorry. not it's not just like having it read to you by your you know your your mum, your mum or your dad <laughs> your or your nan or whatever. No. But uh, it's well, that's it's, that is the sort of idea, but. But as I say, not everybody likes it. I mean, but I, I'm, a, you know, I'm afraid I do like doing it. So, the one I've just read is was set in Wales. Actually, it was called On the Black Hill, which was great. It's about a set of twins growing up on this remote farm. But there was a sprinkling of rather nice characters in it. So there was a there was a South African guy who's uh, said was really good to do that in the middle of the whole, you know. But all the Welsh and trouble is, you know, I can do a couple of Welsh accents, but I can't do fifteen different yeah, Welsh accents. So that you know, there was kind of like when you get Jones the the butcher, you know, and he's coming in with his two lines, you do get a bit. Sort yeah, the, of, f- the, the fat the, controller, the, the full undermilk wood. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> It was a little bit. So I apologise in advance for anybody who might listen to that. I guarantee my wife Sarah has listened to all of yours because she absolutely, it's an aud- it's audible book every single night of the week. Does she? Yeah, so, so it gets it gets her off to sleep. <laughs> I try. Women do say that about me, actually. That's that Simon. He will get me off to sleep. Well, no, but they, always, you know, she would always uh, in the past read a book, but now it's. We've gone past that, you know, yeah. with Kindle, then your iPhone, and everything. It's just so simple now to yeah. just have a story. It's, they're written. hugely popular. People, yeah. people love them. I, I, um, I developed a bit of a, a love for kids' books. Should you be saying when, this? When I, was, when I was reading to my son. Ah, yes. And because I'd never, obviously, never read a kids' book up to that point, not even as a kid. So I, I'm glad um, you put that in there that you're reading yeah, it for your son. Yeah, but I used to, I used to just love reading these things to him mm. because they were so well written. They're so and some which, of them. Are would so, you do funny voices? I did actually. And did he like the funny voices? I, I can't remember. I have to ask okay. him. Well, can you do one for us so we can see if it was no. funny? No. <laughs> but if could you were, do if, the Gruffalo? If, for if us? there was, if there was a king. No, this this was um, uh, beyond the deep woods. Have you ever? It's it's about a character called Twig, and it's in a in this sort of fantasy world called the Edge, where there's rocks that float on chains. It's an amazing kind of amazing world, and it's uh, Patrick Stewart and um, uh, there's an an amazing illustrator, which his name uh, anyway, Chris Riddle, Chris Riddell, fabulous illustrator, and uh, the, the books were just a complete flight of fantasy, fabulous. And I would always be tempted to do a king, drop a king in, if, if there was a king in it, because they're easy, aren't they? Oh, kings. Yeah. Oh, kings, yeah. Nice big bolstered voice. Yeah. Mm. Or if they're a really ruthless king, you can really frighten your kids with them. Mm. Get to kill you. So you've done you've done the voices for oh, reading out loud all, oh, all the but time. But do the kids like? But do, you see, I would do it, and the, and then very often my kids would go, "Just read it properly, Dad. Just read it properly." Yeah. Don't don't keep doing the voices. Yeah. That's not how Mummy read it. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And you go. Well, oh, all right. Well, yeah. for Mummy, you know, trained actress. Yeah. <laughs> Was she? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I used to say it anyway. <laughs> Always keep them guessing. Yeah, yeah. Because they never actually know who their mum is. Then. No. Well. I was I was thinking that I, I, I was watching a couple of American podcasts because I mean, obviously YouTube is dominated by American content, mm. isn't it? Absolutely mm. full. And I thought it'd be quite funny if we did an American one. Mm. Like one day, just come in and obviously I wouldn't do it, but people that, that are capable of doing American accents and just do the whole thing, whole thing in American. Yeah, we'll get get it overdubbed because it would make you it would make you say different things because they're very uh, sure. You know, you, you you would be super stoked to be here. 
You wouldn't would just be, be you, you, yeah. you wouldn't just be going. And and I would be whooping. Very, very nice. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be nice breaking you, out yeah. into whoops every yeah. now and again. Yeah, that's true. But don't forget, you know, quantity is what they have, not quality. I think I think they're a supremely uh, confident. Oh, they, they are confident. Doesn't make it quality though, oh, does yeah. it? I've I've mentioned this before, you know, doing loads of corporate stuff that I do. The Americans are always so good. You know, the average American exec, so much better than uh, you know, than Colin from you know <laughs> Dagenham from Dagenham, yeah, who's yeah. who might be you know just one step away from being the CEO, but yes. he's absolutely shit on camera. Well, I you say that, but but then again, you know, it's he it, it doesn't have to do a lot of public speaking, and it's, it's it's more of an administrative role, really, for Colin, I think. Yeah. I, I take your point actually. I, I was in Miami a number of years ago, and like their tramps could sell you something. <laughs> you know, they, they, they could hold you in conversation, and you'd be, well, uh, of course, of course, our tramps it. are better than our CEOs. Oh, I mean, come on, <laughs> they could be our CEO. They are the CEOs of our country's future. You know? Okay, listen, Brexit. Let me tell you, I've been on the streets fourteen years. I got no. Goddamn idea, but I tell you how to handle the whole. You're thing. only a bum. What do you know? Yeah. I know everything. <laughs> You're yeah. only as good as the bum you know. <laughs> yeah, so I think we should definitely do an American one. Well, I think we've got three heartily American accents very yeah, straight like away. But if we're dressed American, and uh, mm. and, mm. and are you saying and just I'm... got immersed into the whole kind of you know imagining? We've gone on to say completely. How do I dress American? Um, what, what should I wear well, uh, to be that way? Is it like of... really big collars or something? Plaid? You know, base plaid probably. Plaid hat. shorts. Baseball cap. Something on the head, definitely. Definitely something on the head. <laughs> with with all this hair? With... Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I'd look like... Um, you could have a gun, you know, like a gun shirt or something. A gun shirt. Oh, actually, I tell you, uh, Stockbridge. Went to Stockbridge for a cycle ride a couple of years ago. And lots and lots of Americans go down there for the fly fishing season, the mayfly. Um, and every single one of them looked like your stereotypical John Goodman in a really? in a film about, about shooting or killing animals. You know, they they and they were really really loud in the smallest restaurants. This booming voice. Gee, I'll have one of those. Yeah, they're very. Um... And, and they're also from the West Country. <laughs> Farmers. <laughs> Fire Pakistan. Weirdly, uh, which is you know. Odd. <laughs> it's just the jokes on us. What do you? What do you? Um, where's your favourite place around here, Simon? What's your? What's your uh, have you got an establishment uh, aside from here? You east, mean? east or west? Monty. Around here. Yes. I like just that really chair just the this, most. this chair, to be honest. Um, my favourite place around here. Your, your go-to place. Um. Well, I love. My, mm, see, things have changed. Things have changed since I were a lad. Um, I love Marnie's pub. I've seen you in Marnie's, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Barely see him out of Marnie's. Any day of the week. Um, I love Marnie's. Um, I love walking down by the river. Not that I do that very much. Um, I don't really only walk under duress, to be honest. But uh, um, Don't you sling a guitar on your back and just sort of go strolling down there looking... Yeah, strolling minstrel. Normally. Yeah. I just kind of, yeah. Hey, look. Hey, look. Do you know World <laughs> Cup High? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, because one day I'll meet you and we'll sing it, we'll and sing that it. will be very, very embarrassing. It'll be very, very embarrassing. Um, yeah, the river is great. The river's great. I mean, they've got some, you know, nice coffee shops. 
Yep. Um, but nobody's name-checked a pub before, so that's good. Okay. One of the guys that helped us out in the first one, Steph, is the barman at Marnie's. Mm. Yep. And he's a, a very amusing guy, an observer of people and uh, and a, quite a raconteur in his own in his own way. Really good. Marnie's, Marnie's can be great. I think that Marnie's could be even better if it worked out how to sweep up occasionally. Bit, yeah, and have a bigger bar. You know, you know, even though they've got this massive area out the, in the garden area now, oh, it still great. doesn't seem to work as a bar because all the beers still behind the little bar, and they have to. You know, there's always some kind of a, 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 a sort of a bottleneck. <laughs> but can't, the big, some of the best pubs in the world are kind of just a hatch. Mm. Or a, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, that, there's a place down at um, Swanage, Worth Matrivers, called the Something Encompassed. Square Swanage. Encompass. We mentioned Swanage, that's oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. That was next to Vonage. Vonage is, Vonage. is yeah. obviously in the Isha. In Isha? In the Isha. I never knew Swanage was in Isha. It's weird. It's nuts. Not a lot of people know that. No, very few. Very, very, yeah. But I tell you what, it's going to make my holidays a lot easier to get to. Yeah, very popular pub, Worth Matrivers on the on the coast near Swanage. Shed loads of people go there mm-hmm. every year, every summer. It's packed, and it's you go and look for the bar, and it's just effectively a doorway with a wooden kind of hatch. Hatch. And they and they just ha- they just serve ale from casks and and when you say you know well maybe they just on- worked out how to serve it quicker yeah what's on the lunch menu and they say pasty and pie there you go job done great that's it make make it it's simple what you want. it's what you want I mean they, they, I've, I've got to say the Georgian Dragon in Thames Ditton now is probably my and and has been for years my favourite pub but that, at the moment yeah. because Duncan is a new guy from Gloucester he's taking it over and you a nicer a nicer landlord you could not get. And there's lots of tellies in there, so you probably like that for the rugby. Yeah, it's it's all right. That, that that's a bit by the by. That's great for the rugby, but obviously on a Friday night when it is a, a the, the village pub, I don't really think anyone's really paying any attention to the tellies. They're all basically talking shit. Yeah, that's which is great. what Friday nights are all about. Bunkum. Yeah, mm. exactly. That's exactly right. Mm, absolutely. You'd get a whole lot of bunkum out of the George on a Friday night. They they had a ukulele night in there a few months ago. <laughs> And I've been to a couple of those. They're brilliant. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen that? I've I've played, I've played a ukulele. I've I've even thought about buying a ukulele. Then I haven't quite gone that far. Then go but, down um, to the I've George. Have you? No, you haven't. I have. I've got two. Is it Thursday night or Friday night? It's a Friday night. It does it sometimes, doesn't it? I don't know whether they still do it, but the, when the night we went down there, it was packed, and the, it's, it's just so funny because half of the people in there are there out of pure curiosity. Yeah, and they don't have a musical bone in their body, but they get given a ukulele with little blue, you know, spots on the oh, yeah coloured so dots. They, so everyone has to play. Everyone has to play. It and, is like oh, watching infants learn a new th- trick, and they walk out of there. Almost everyone walks out of there acting and looking like George Formby. How did the ukulele become so popular? Simplicity. Because it's a simpl- yeah. simplicity. Okay. And size, you can fit one in your pocket. And they're cheap, I guess, to buy. And if you've got little hands, it, you, you yes. can still work them. Oh, yeah. You'd struggle. I would struggle. <laughs> big hands. All four strings in one. Big, big hands at Christmas. Size of his hands. <laughs> oh, blimey, I'll tell you what. I'll get many of them to the pan. I'll tell you. <laughs> so it's Make a wheat. 
shaking hands with you is like being enveloped in a bunch of bananas. <laughs> there you go. And relax. <laughs> I'm not conscious of them at all. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and I think the ukulele thing is, is uh, when a whole room of 30, 40, 50 ukuleles is all roughly playing the same thing, mm. the general ambience and the noise is in, a, in the right key. So everyone thinks that they're playing yeah, the right thing. Right, so yeah. Normally all the neighbours really come round at that point and scream at the barman to stop this racket. It is noisy. <laughs> it really is noisy. No, I'm with you. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, especially on ukulele night. I mean, it's it's one of the things, when they had the jazz night, that was one of the things I couldn't really tolerate. Not that I don't necessarily like jazz, but it's just, it's it's not really a pub vibe but the ukulele was if you've got loads of people laughing that's a pub vibe so i think they did mm. a good job there mm. do you think there could be more around here what, you, more you, ukuleles <laughs> um no i think we've probably too many we've eats. probably reached the ukulele Everybody. limit haven't we I, I would have said i mean if you're going to open something you know some a vanity business of some sort what would you what would you do well, I'm thinking of ukuleles now. It's been done. Yeah, no, I won't be doing that. I think I think very much a poetry, um, poetry coffee shop, really, where you you can only get a cup of coffee if you've written a poem and wearing a black polo neck. Wearing a black polo neck. Yeah, you get a lot of people in there. We've all written poems. Think? I'm actually thinking of going there. Have you written poems? I think everyone has, haven't they? Everyone, I guess so. Everyone's squeezed a poem out yeah. at some point. <laughs> In their life, yes, yeah, I guess so. Not well, a limerick. Well, no, but you know, World Cup high. I mean, you could argue. Yeah, well, that that's, was, that, that that's, was, that's a that's a string of poems. I was, yeah, you, know, you could argue that was a poem. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Not really, to be honest. I don't really like poetry. It's that no. sort of thing to say. It always mm. comes across as pretentious. Yeah, uh, I don't like Shakespeare. <gasps> no, but that's going to upset the thesp in the corner. Oh my dear. How can possibly the, the bard? It's the bard. I mean, surely, without I, the bard, I, where would we be? I, well, I think he, you don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, um, John Cleese once said that he thought it was panto. It was, it was all panto. <laughs> and he's quite right, I think. I, I just don't get it. I don't get the, what is it? What's the, the, the meter? The, the Iambic the, pentameter. Please explain that. Um, iambic pentameter, oh my goodness, is... Um, How long have you got? It's five... Oh, how many beats is it? Do you know what this is? Have you ever heard um, of this? No idea. Listen, this is good. Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. Um, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the... See, I don't even know. But it's a rhythm, basically. It's a rhythm. It? It, well, it's, it's, it's a number of syllables per line. You say, I should, I should really know this. And there's people now, if, if anybody is listening to this, screaming, going, it's ten, whatever it is, beats to the... Yeah. Anyway, thing is, I think possibly if I knew that, I'd actually want to read it more. If I knew there was a, uh, a code behind it, I think I'd want to read it. Well, more. it's it's the, a lot of it's written in verse, and mm. it's just it's just the amount of um, beats in in the in the lines of the verse, um, and there are all sorts of rules like you should you know because of course it's written in verse, but people don't people tend to when actors especially when they uh, read it tend to end the 
the sense of the line, sense of the line at the end of the first line, rather than following the whole sentence. And that's something you have to kind of drum into students. Yeah. So instead of going to be or not to be, that is the that is the question. Whether to so you have to go to be or not to be. That is the question. Do you, do you see what I mean? You have to carry it on as if you're mm. going to finish the whole sentence. And and they often don't do that. And I think it sounds to me like if I if I understood even a bit of that then my appreciation of it might have been, you know, improved over the years. I mean, I I'm a... not sure that's true, though. And also, I, I don't know. I mean, there were, you know, in the old days, the, the kind of the great Olivier's and all of that and Ralph Richardson, you know, they had those beautiful voices that were just sort of, you know... They did. ...enunciated in, in a way. And But it, it, but it became more like, I don't know, you, you lost the sense of a lot of what uh, of, of what it was, was saying. I'm, I, went, I went to see... Um, Irish actor Andrew Cross do Hamlet. Andrew Cross is the priest now in um, Fleabag. Uh, oh, right. I think, yeah. I think his name's Andrew Cross. Moriarty. He was Moriarty in was he? Sherlock okay. as well, wasn't he? Uh, very possibly. Yeah? I don't know. Anyway, he was fantastic. But his, his was very naturalistic. You know, his, his reading of, of Hamlet was very, you know, it wasn't, you didn't kind of, you weren't aware that he was, Shakespearing, yeah, he was Shakespearing exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we need to use our imaginations as much anyway. I think in in Shakespeare's time, that was actually all they had was that that medium. Whereas now we, you know, we've got film. I, I can't go to a theatre now because oh, I, I think it's I think just it it it. You can't go. You can't go to a theatre. You can't go to a theatre. I, I, I think. I think. No, you uh, remember that that thing that happened last time? <laughs> I can't go in them anywhere. I think generally it's awful. And that's a terrible thing to say. Well, no, it's not a terrible thing to say. A lot of it is awful. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and go, oh, theatre, darling, it's marvellous. Because a lot of it is real rubbish. Well, I don't um, know. It's, it's not even that. It's just that there's so many... It's so much easier now to watch an absolute you know, blockbuster or whatever it may be on TV in your room. TVs are so good. The surround sound, the whole, uh, and and a cinema. It's yeah. You've got. Going. I don't. I don't. Whereas when I was, you know, I did love the theatre. And when I and, uh, and, and may I say the theatre loved you? I thought it did. It I very much. It, it very much did. It was very much a, a mutual thing. So I go on. But it was uh, so I did the Edinburgh Festival and absolutely loved every minute of doing that and watching and going to other things. But maybe that was youth, and now I've just become jaded and just think I can't I can't imagine listening to you any longer I'm just going to go and put my headphones on and watch you know but Avengers Ga but Game of Thrones I think will be studied like Shakespeare I think there's a good possibility that people will be doing de be. degrees in, in Game of Thrones I don't think it's got the depth oh, sure, of Shakespeare sure just because of the, the the writing and the and the the scripting and the, the performances and the you know all of the other art that goes on mm. to bring that that type of thing to us, you know the CGI, the the, the lighting, the you know the camera work, everything about it is just second to none, isn't it? But what happens though? And then you then you, somebody says, oh, do you want to go to do you want to go to the theatre to see? Yeah, no, Game of Thrones Black Brothers. Is on. Game of Thrones is on. Sorry. Should we go and see cats at the theatre? What? Cats? Well, no, no, I wouldn't go and see cats. But I mean, <laughs> but that's a music guy. But, you know, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Lee, pick him up on that one. That's just not right. You've never seen it? I've never seen... 
I feel like this is one of those men's groups where you just go and you go. Yeah, my name's Simon. My name's and Simon, I'd... and I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, never seen it. Well, actually, that's not true. I watched the first episode about three times, and I just couldn't get. I just couldn't get on with it. Yeah, you have to do that. You have to get over that that first it's three the dragons. episodes. I'm sorry, but it's the dragons thing. I can't get over. I mean, I you know, but you I love a bit of fantasy as much as the next man. But you haven't even seen the dragons in the first. I three know, episodes. but I knew they were there because of because of the trailers. <laughs> you know, they were yeah, eggs. someone had said to him there was a dragon in it. <laughs> that was eggs. it. They were. They were eggs. They were just the three eggs. Um, I didn't. Um, I didn't want to see it. I would sort of like I'd I'd become Lord of the Rings and Harry Pottered out. And when Game of Thrones came along, I just thought, oh my god, this is just another load of dwarves and this sort of thing, and it's just fantasy crap. And I, and I so Snow stuck, White, you never did either. No, no, I did do Snow White, yeah. but that's another story. <laughs> um, but I didn't I didn't get it, and I just thought I'm just you know, and and Sarah would say, oh, everyone said it's fantastic. I say, well, what do you know? What do they know? And I just dug my heels in. And then, of course, Sarah got it out on a box set and I was sort of like, <laughs> cooking, not cooking, but washing up or whatever and looking over the, and I'm, I'm really starting to get into it. And yeah. then I've got the dilemma of saying, can I watch, please? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's, I did get into it. It's worth it. One day, when you have One time. Day. When you One have day. time. When I, yes. When, when, I, when I've stopped watching Shakespeare. Because yes. to be honest, that's what I do. I just go home and read Shakespeare. And writing songs. <laughs> and write songs and poetry. Because that's what actors do, do you know? And we try on different pairs of tights as well, just to sort of find some, you know, because it's very difficult to find a pair of tights that really fit. Mm. Oh, yes, and you're very, very apt wearing tights, if I remember rightly. <laughs> or, or onesies, one yes. jumpsuits. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a sight to behold. My onesies. Very, yeah. One that, you know, you'll you get one day. I'm sure he'll put it out on his showreel. When, when, I, when I asked you to, you know, come on down, did you, did um, anything spring pop into your head? Do you think right? I'm going this. I'm going to use this as a as a platform to oh, talk yeah. to talk about. Oh yeah, two thousand things. Did Only two thousand. Did you? Things. Did, did things start popping into your head? No, but I tell you, it was very. I was listening to the radio a lot more intently, thinking, "Oh gosh, someone give me something," you know. And, and I was listening on the radio, and but uh, the only thing on the radio at the moment is just just all politics, and that's mm. just you know. That's, over that at the moment. Well, a friend of mine that was on last last week said, "Should I just pick up the local newspaper and and have a look through?" And I said, "Well, no, not really, because things tend to kind of just flow, and mm. and uh, you don't need to kind of pick up on." Yeah, you, you can know, do like, that next time. Could do. Well, the next I think the American one has got to be the the next one. And a book, a book club. Somebody you suggested a book club, didn't you? Get the book club people in. Get the book club. I'm, in. I'm in a men's book club. Well, you might, you might have to sit here. In fact, just... in fact we have been. I know there are Can I just say, my men's book club, uh, or the, the book club, what I am in, uh, we've been on Radio 4 uh, about three or four times on, um, on Book of the Week, uh, or whatever it's called, a good read or something. Because there aren't many men's book, and they're desperate for audience members. So you just come and you listen to whichever author they have in. And, uh, Ironically, was that on Woman's Hour? Uh, no. <laughs> James Nocty, who presents it. And what do you do? You have. Oh, I think I've heard this. It's on Radio Four, isn't it? Mm. When somebody comes and uh, yeah, so they have it. They have, and you critique it. Yes. Yeah, so, so they tell you the book's going to be whatever it is, and then they have the author in, and then they have um, an invited audience. Isn't that tricky with the author there? Yeah. Well, I suppose if you don't like the book, maybe, or if you don't get it, 
Yeah, I think I have heard that, and there's been the, there's been a, a they, north they, of there. If you don't, if you they just edit it out, I think. Yeah, or if it's really good, and they oh, say, "What do you mean you don't get it? What are you a moron?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a book club one would be good, but you'd probably have to chair it because I don't read. Well, because he read? understands Shakespeare so well. Why, is he, he's got why the... do you not read? So you don't you don't go to the theatre. You don't read. What do you do? Watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, it makes me look really shallow, doesn't it? Suddenly, no. So yeah, it is because I probably am. In... No, I, th- I think it's probably my my upbringing. I'm, I wasn't from a literary, a literary or theatrical family. You grew up in the eighties. Uh, well, neither was I. And and, and it was in Croydon. Oh, well, that'll, that'll explain it. Yeah. yeah. So you, you you mentioned the c word. C bomb. Croydon, where they have the uh, where they have the MRI of shame. Ooh. In Croydon, did you know this? What's this? An MRI scanner that doesn't work, or no? It's it's when you can't cope uh, with the proper MRI, which I couldn't. I had to have the, an MRI uh, two or three years ago done on my neck, I think it was, and so they put you in. Have you ever ever had an MRI? Yeah, yes. I have. Yeah. Okay. See, you succeeded. See, Chris, Chris would have gone. Yeah, it's all right. MRI, mate. Do it. No problem. Don't care. No problem. Massive rotating magnet. Well, it doesn't rotate. I don't know what the magnet does, but you're in a tube. You're in a yeah. very small tube. And, yeah. and I, I thought I'd be fine. And they put me down. They put your little collar on. And then they back you, reverse you into this tube. And I got halfway in this tube. And I went, oh, no. Sorry, sorry, I can't do it. Sorry, Plus I can't do it. Phobic, yeah. Yeah. And they, so they let me out again. They went, it's fine. Have another go. I was like, oh. So I went back in again and couldn't do it. So Are they, they making signs at the, at the glass? <laughs> yeah. Going, we've got <laughs> another one. Croydon. Croydon, love. Yeah, so you have to, they send you to the MRI of shame, which is in Croydon, which is an open-sided MRI machine. So why don't they uh, make those with, anyway? With, and it's lovely. It's, there's like, it's surrounded by fields. There's little sheep running around, so small it's children. it's MRI for the faint-hearted. Mm, it is. And the, and the, uh, but mm. why, if, why would you have the other one if you've got a nicer one? Well, there is that. That, that would be my question, Chris. I mean, it's made, it, why aren't they possibly everywhere? Possibly it's a why, torture. Why don't they make them open-sided yeah. at all points? Unless, unless the MRI of shame actually doesn't work. <laughs> and then they just make it up anyway. It's just, yeah, he's got a brain tumour. Cut his fucking head off. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, it was a diagnosis. I've been, been getting a lot of really bad headaches lately. It's weird. What's it's that thing called where they put, they, um, where they put the, the tube right down inside your stomach? That's called an arthroscopy. Endos- no, it's not an endoscopy. Endos- Endoscopy. Endoscopy. I had to do one of those. Oh my god! And you know, as you know, I talk quite a lot. That was a difficult one. And it's Ooh. it's about that long, and it's probably so thick. And you you don't think any until they start to put it down your throat. It's kind of like and, that kind of girth, yeah, isn't probably. it? And the, you know, and they poked it down there, and they're, they're they're having a look around and everything else, and and. They're always asking you questions, like you can answer. You got this thing in it. Are you okay? <laughs> it was impossible. And then, of course, they then try and tell you what they're going to do, which was uh, they, they're going to take a, a a little snip of something inside. They say it won't hurt. It won't hurt. And they test it. Of course, it hurts, but you can't say it. that's why no, they say it doesn't hurt because no one can shout ouch. With this great big thing in their throat. What's the best thing that's happened to you this year, Simon? Um, 
If, if I could, well, apart from this, if I can include the tail end of last year. Oh, was at a, can I is, do that? is this when you were on? Just stick within you, the you parameters. A, were you on stage with Rick Astley doing something? I might have been. What was that about? I might, I might, I might have played at the O2. In you front didn't. of uh, no way. Eighteen th- whatever thousand people. I might have done that. Yeah. Eighteen thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Who were they there to see? It's just another day. Me, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Um, no, it was yes because I I do uh, very occasionally play with with Mr. Astley, not in not in that way, uh, musically. And um, anyway, he was doing it. So it was, it was Chris Evans' um, Children in Need big party end of year. And we were gonna, the Luddites, which is the band that I play in with Rick. Were, you know, Rick said, "Do you want to come and do a couple of songs?" And in fact, Graham, the guitarist, didn't want to in the end. So, I, of course, I have no shame. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." So, I, I, yeah, so I went out at the end and I played "Highway to Hell" with uh, Rick on drums and singing, and also um, that's rocking. Charlene uh, Theron, Theron from um, Texas. Texas, yeah. She was no, she was, it was, it was yeah, that was great. And what, um, so two numbers, uh, two, I, did, I did two numbers. I did uh, Highway to Hell on the bass, which is great because you only come in uh, on the chorus as well, so you only have to play half a song. <laughs> so, uh, and then I also played acoustic on Merry Christmas, everybody, but I'm pretty sure they turned me down and off because I just said, Look, you know, oh, I don't think so. Don't, not, don't do yourself down, I think you're probably there all the way, but through. it was great, it was really good, it was fun. Was that the biggest um, audience you've stepped out in front of? Mm-hmm. For sure. Could you see all of them? You can see an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, I made I made a point of kind of making sure I looked out. <laughs> Counting them. <laughs> <laughs> Darlings, it's me. No, obviously, you know, no one's there looking at me, but it was great. It was great. There was a lot of people. They would have done if you'd have waved they, more. <laughs> if I'd have waved more. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they should have, I mean, missing a trick there, because you could have just got a bit of playing. Tell you what, there was though. I was I was doing a bit of that rocking thing with with uh, Adam, the guitarist. Oh yeah, and we were you know that sort of you know facing each other. What status quo? Yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit status quo. And uh, we were quite near the front of the stage, and they had these fire flamethrowers. Oh, Christ! And they and they suddenly went off, and we were both like, shit. I mean, you could really feel the heat, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't was, do your eyebrows. Didn't do eyebrows, eyebrows any good at all. That's why the beard's gone. Yeah. yeah. That's quite cool, though, isn't it? Pyrotechnics. Almost stumbling oh, into the pyrotechnics. Almost stumbling into the pyrotechnics. In, in front of 18,000 people. Third, de- the third degree burns at the O2. <laughs> yeah. That would have made... Two today. Well, that would have definitely made the papers. The next voice actor was incinerated on the stage. <laughs> yes. Will you come back? Will you do another one, boys? Oh, yeah. Especially sure. the American one, when we got to dress up as Texans. Can, sure. you do, can you do an American accent? I thought I was. I thought I think he's already given his American, haven't you? I, I, we, you know, I my thought. God, yeah. <laughs> New York, where do you want to go? <laughs> Listen, he could do it. Yeah. So, you, you, would you come back? Certainly. It would be nice if you if you did. It'd Certainly, be, it'd it's, be been, a, it's been fun. It'd be a delight. Yeah. Well, thank you. You can shoehorn another eighteen thousand in there us. at some point. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, it depends. I might be busy playing there too. Uh, it depends. You know, I'd have to speak to my management. Oh, just but, uh, just get on the phone to Chris Evans, see what he's doing at the moment. <laughs> see if he'll allow you to go out on your own again. You'd come back, Chris, wouldn't you? No, not with him. <laughs> Look at the name dropping. It's just right, you know, I've got so much to do. 
Yeah, of course I will. It'd be great fun. I've enjoyed this uh, day. No, this hour. Goes quick, doesn't it? It does go oh, very quick. It does. We'll see you next time. Thank you. See you.